Hello, Michael. Oh, Hava, good afternoon, good morning. I don't even know if it matters anymore. How's it going? Hi, how am I? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. I just got back from a short walk, which is lovely. My legs have been doing pretty well recently. My arms and my hands haven't really caught up neurologically, but my legs have been having a pretty chill time. They tend to get fucked up by overstimulation, so we'll see how going to the neurologist on Thursday affects that. That's a big day for you. It's a big deal. I'm super nervous for it. The people in my house are doing relatively well adjusting to quarantine. We had a pretty bumpy time at the beginning, but we're sort of, I feel like, getting into the groove of it now. So that's good. It's always weird answering this question of how am I because it's like, well, there's an ongoing global pandemic and I have severe personal health issues. But other than that, I'm actually in a pretty good mood. So there's all this context. Yeah, I just wanted to hear what you had for dinner last night. What did I have for dinner last night? I believe I had Italian sausage pasta with chicken sauce. I had, ca- I had, you know, I'm not even going to say it. it's too embarrassing. We're going to move on. We're going <laughs> to no, move on. Say it. Say it, Michael. It's your duty. I just had an embarrassing quantity of ground beef and kale. Last night, my house watched the Rugrats Passover special. There's a Rugrats Passover special? Excuse me? Michael, you don't know about the Rugrats Passover special? Is this from like 1999? It is incredible. I treasure the Rugrats more than ever as an adult. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Your homework between now and our next episode is to watch the Rugrats Passover special. All right, all right. Have you told our listeners how you are? You know, I'm fine. I haven't been in the same room with another person for like three weeks. So that's kind of my modus operandi usually. So what could possibly be wrong with that? My friends sent me alcohol via a courier service, which (laughs) was very strange. What kind of alcohol did they send you? They sent me a bottle of port. (laughs) What is your deal with port? I'm a classy motherfucker. Oh, You're Sephardic. You should appreciate that shit. What is the connection between Sephardim and port? Is there something that I don't know about Sephardim and port? Port, Portugal, boom. Oh, is port from Portugal? Yes. Wow. Tell you what listeners i learn something every time we record a podcast this just in port wine is from portugal i had no idea i also got a bottle of limoncello uh limoncello we drank limoncello on our first date yeah we were i you know it's hard to remember that date because i think we both got pretty hammered yes but we did drink limoncello on it and it was very cute yeah it was it was super cute in like a really non-memorable kind of way michael no it was super memorable it was super memorable i remember michael you can't take it back now i can edit it out it's fine you can't edit it out of my heart it's another episode of hi how are you yes it's another episode yeah bonus corona content our first listener questions episode yep we're doing some listener questions we have two great listener questions we actually have three listener questions to answer we're going to answer two this episode and one on the next episode because we have so many which i love so please keep asking us questions it is a queer talmud podcast where we have queer takes about the talmud Mm-hmm. But it's also a queer Talmudic podcast in that everything that we utter is queer Talmud. All of our takes, whether they're based in the original, quote, original text or not, are material for new Talmud because the Talmud itself is just layers and layers and layers of commentary on Jewish text. So every hot take we take is Talmud. We both comment on original text. 
texts and also generate original texts. Hava, do you want to read the first text that we got to our hotline? We got a text that says, Hey, how can I make Pesach, aka Passover, a personal, meaningful experience while being hosted by family with different traditions slash practices slash beliefs. Thanks for your question, anonymous listener. We do not know who you are. No clue who you are. But we love you. Yeah, we do. We love you. So, Michael, do you want to start off with your thought that you had about this question? One way to approach this is you can do stuff in secret, and it can be your little secret at the dinner table, if that's the kind of thing that titillates you. Be subversive in private. To give yourself a personal sparkle. There's this concept in the BDSM community, you can achieve your fetish goals privately in public. You know, like you can be wearing fetish gear under your normal clothing and thereby be still having a fetish experience in normal life. What Michael is saying is you can find a way similarly to be having a Passover experience, even if the people you're hosted by aren't having a big Passover experience themselves. Right. And the other approach, I think, is find why you are observing Pesach. Maybe you don't like a specific manifestation of the symbology that's being played out in front of you because it's not what you want. Maybe there's a shared deeper meaning that you can find and relate to with the people. And maybe you can share that deeper meaning with the people at the table. Let's say you're at the dinner table with with whoever's hosting you. You could take an opportunity to tell the Passover story as you understand it. Because I think at its essence, the Passover Seder is just a meal where we retell the story of Passover. So if you're being hosted by people with different traditions, it could be a great opportunity to tell your take on the Passover story to them if they're willing to hear it. And in my opinion, that will have fulfilled the essence of having a Passover Seder. And then if you can't do that, eat a meal by yourself and watch the Rugrats Passover special in your room. You know, you can watch some video version of the Passover story while eating your meal. There's a lot of Zoom Seders out there this year because of the pandemic. Yeah, the essence of it is you're just trying to find some way to bring the elements of food yourself and the Passover story together. Hopefully you can find some way to make those elements fit in with whatever is happening with the family that you're being hosted by. All right, let's move on to the next question. We have a listener voicemail. We'll play it for you now. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for your beautiful podcast. I'm in love with it, and I spent Shabbat listening to several episodes, and it really brightened my day. Thank you for your podcast and your practice and your Torah. Keep going, please. <laughs> um, I'm calling the Talmud hotline with an urgent question, um, which I could really use your help with. Pesach is fast approaching, and I'm not ready. I have been in love with the Torah for many years, or I was, but we're a little out of love right now, and also all the Jewish practices. So whenever I think of the Seder, I just want to cry. What should I do? Can you help? Thank you, Talmud hotline. Bye. Wow, that's some heavy shit dropped by, (laughs) (laughs) dropped with a tone that I wouldn't expect. Yeah, I loved receiving this message. Thank you so much for calling in and leaving us this message. It may sound a little glib, but my first thought when I heard you say, when I think of the Passover Seder, I want to cry. What should I do? Was like, uh, you should cry. 
You know, you should Davka cry if you need to. If your body is on some level telling you that you have a lot of grief around the Torah, around the Passover Seder and these practices, there's something to be said for just going with that. That's a wise take. That's a hot wise take from Hava. I I agree. (laughs) As far as practical things, I don't know if I have an exact practical answer. I guess I just want to say like, I too have cried because of the Torah or because of my relationship to Jewish observance. I recently watched Unorthodox, which was great. Highly recommend you go out and watch it. Very good. And I cried a ton watching that for so many reasons. Like one, seeing like all the harm that's being done with the Torah in that show, which is about someone who leaves an ultra-Orthodox community. And two, like just feeling really keenly a sense of my own alienation from the sacred in a lot of ways because of the different ways people have used the sacred to hurt me, you know, and to hurt different people like me. I think I know where you're coming from and it's legit and go with it. And any amount of joy that you can find in Passover and Torah is enough. You know, you don't have to push yourself, least of all in this global pandemic. The caller said they're a little out of love right now with the Torah. Mm-hmm. Right. On the one hand, totally feel your feels. But like, what's the CBT? How, how do you <laughs> find love when there isn't as much love as there used to be? What are some proven tricks? How do you find the love in the Torah? Queer tricks. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, queer tricks. I mean, because there's no specific text in front of us, I don't have a quick reinterpretation ready. But I think the most tried and true trick for me is just like study the Torah and talk about the Torah with other queers and with other people who understand the feels you're feeling. Because interpreting the Torah is a collective process. And to get to the kind of interpretations that are going to allow you to be back in love with it, you have to be in community with people who will know how to interpret it in such a way to allow that. Like you have to be in a community of people who are interpreting Torah to undo the kind of harm that's disrupted your relationship with it. Find and throw yourself into a community of Torah learners who have the same agenda as yourself, which I think is healing. Throwback to earlier episode, you can think about the process over the content. Oh, yeah. Process over content. You can, this isn't always possible, but the hope is that there can be some joy and love found just by studying Torah without focusing too much on interpretation and results and just embracing the experience of being in community with other Torah learners. Thank you for calling. Patrons, you guys have access to the number. Feel free to leave us a message. Feel free to send us a text. Let us know if we can play your message on the air. Hava, got anything else or should we go back into quarantine now? (laughs) Yes. um, Patrons, give us a call. Follow us on Twitter. If you're not a patron, become a patron so that you too can have your voice on our podcast. Should we close them out? Yeah, let's close them out. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Well, we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.